Am I the only woman who doesn't believe in fairy tales? Some years ago, one of my goddaughters had become fascinated by her Auntie Gina's lifestyle and demanded to know if I lived alone and whether or not I had a husband. She was heartbroken when I told her that I'm not married, pleading, but why? Why don't you have a husband? <sighs> now, I'm not the best with kids, so I immediately began down a laundry list of reasons that were quite frankly TMI for a five-year-old. I stopped myself and tried to explain as delicately as possible without creeping the kid out or giving her parents a lot of questions to answer later. Eventually, I got her onto a happier topic, something to do with toys or candy. I began to wonder why she was so distraught about my single status. Eventually, I figured it out. It was those damned fairy tales. She thought that by then I certainly should have kissed enough frogs to have found my prince. Fairy tales are fun to believe in, and they make beautiful animated movies. Little girls love Cinderella and Snow White, and while it's a sweet face that's full of innocence and naivete, billowy dresses and shiny shoes, I couldn't wait for my godchild to grow out of it. Hello and welcome. I'm Gina B, and this is the Stories We Tell in Bars podcast. Our opening shot today is from one of my columns titled, Warning, You'll Miss a Good Man While Waiting for Prince Charming, which talks about what I think is wrong with relationships and the world. Before we dive into the happy hour portion of the show, let's say hi to DJ Lee Farmer here. He's providing our music and making us sound good. And a big hello to my gorgeous Stories We Tell in Bars co-host, Jen Lancaster. Hey, it's Jen. Your your topic sounds serious. It really is. I I can't wait. (laughs) Seriously, this topic is born of a conversation that I had with my friend Lori the other day. She was lamenting about relationships and saying that nobody has the fairy tale relationship. Well, that's because I don't think fairy tale relationships exist in real life. Exactly. So I started on a diatribe and worked myself into the belief that, are you ready? You're going to tell me anyway. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I sure am. And you're going to hate this. But I believe that writers have ruined relationships. Okay, I take offense to ruining relationships I'm not involved in. I'll take credit for the ones I've ruined that I'm involved in, but I'm not, I'm not your fault. Okay, don't forget that I'm a writer too. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, before we get into this, what are you drinking? Because it sounds like you need a cocktail or three or maybe some protein because somebody's on an Easter basket, sugar high. Oh my God, I'm going to be in a sugar coma before like an hour from now. No, actually, what am I drinking? I am drinking something that doesn't taste great. Um, I'm drinking the La Cola... LaCroix. I have bought that and I have been disappointed. And I keep buying it and I'm perpetually disappointed. I'm just trying to get through the original case that I bought. I expected, I don't know why I expected this. One of the problems that I have with LaCroix is that I don't, I can't really taste the flavor that it's supposed to be. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, Stacy loves the pamplemousse, mm-hmm. right? Like she's, she's really into that one. There are people who love the lime and, you know, whatever. I don't think there's a difference I in any of them. I don't think they're flavored enough. You know who makes a much better, I'm sorry, LaCroix, who I think makes a much better, um, a much better sparkling flavored water? Hmm. Trader Joe's. Even though they're probably made by LaCroix, because I know that Trader Joe's contracts with people that do stuff, but I think it's because it's served in plastic. I think the, the metal cans are part of uh. what take the flavor away. Well, is it still zero calories? Yeah, yeah, but oh. they're much better, and they have much more, I think, interesting flavors, like starfruit. Oh. Come on, who doesn't want to drink starfruit? No, fair point. I have never tried that, so thanks for that tip. Okay. I, I just, I it just, someone on our, um, someone on our fitness challenge, I think, said that this was a better one, but I think that, you know, it's like, you know. <laughs> a better one like what do they always say it's like the tallest midget right like so it's king of the dipshits king, yeah king of the dipshits <laughs> it's like they're all bad yeah. so i don't really i don't know but anyway that's what i'm drinking and I'm, i probably will um graduate well to I, Pinot Noir. I am drinking a um a venti 
passion iced tea from Starbucks, which is my big thing because I don't have them put the sugar syrup in it. So right now, because this is what we do, I'm doing, I'm trying to go the, the low carb, high fat thing because uh-huh. that seems to work the best for me. Uh-huh. So I got that at Starbucks. I drove through. I got two drinks at Star at Starbucks. I'm like, I, like I'm a crazy millionaire just Wait, throwing money out the window. I else? already drank one in the car. I got an Americano with a splash of heavy cream and a Splenda. And it tastes, you know when you go out to dinner and you get a coffee after dinner and it's like the best goddamn thing in the world? Uh-huh. That's what the Americano was with the splash of cream. Interesting. It was so good. I can still taste it in my mouth. Okay. Well, that sounded that dirty. <laughs> you said it, not me. I'm usually the one that comments on that. I know. Um, but do you mind if I give the toast today? No, please. I'd like to drink to relationships and reality. Okay, cheers. <laughs> so with that, well, um, let's take our first little break before we get deeper into this topic. So we'll be back after the break. After the break. Hey, it's Jen and we are back. And this is the Stories We Tell in Bars podcast. We are welcoming you back to the binge portion of our show, where we're going to talk about why Gina feels that writers are ruining the world. Okay, it's not that extreme. But that's what you said. Well, okay, yeah. But here's the crux of my hypothesis. So, first of all, I did some research on the origin of fairy tales. Well, this should be interesting. It is. Um, did you know that fairy tales like Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, Cinderella can be traced back thousands of years? I did know that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. They're old, like they're old parables. Yeah, they're, and they are. I read an article on the BBC, and they said that they were rooted in a shared cultural history dating back to the birth of the Indo-European language family, and then Disney got a hold of them and brought them to the forefront of modern culture. Well, I think a lot of that is because um, it, it all goes back to business that nobody had to pay a writer for for these things. Like we were talking about this in our film class. Um, Gina and I were taking a screenwriting class together mm-hmm. and our teacher was saying, you know, there are more than like 60 different, um, I don't know, Grimm fairy tales, Anderson fairy tales. The copyrights run out of all of those. So everybody can take these stories and remake them into whatever it is they want. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is, yeah, like these these fairy tales are something that are in cultures and they're passed down from culture to culture. When I was um, when I was a little kid, my grandmother had her own set of parables and they were fucked up because we <laughs> we didn't realize at the time she was already on the road to Alzheimer's City. Um, we ha- we didn't know, like so we didn't know. What were her parables? Well, give me well a- okay, she was always talking about this kid Juva. Uh-huh. Like Juva was. I don't know what the politically correct term for him is now, but he was not fully IQ'd. Okay, <laughs> he was I delayed. Just, there's no, there's no okay. word that you're allowed to use now. But he was, he, he was not fast. We'll say that. So Juva was very literal. Um, like his mother would leave Juva with the baby, and she would say to him, "Don't you leave this door? Don't you leave this door?" And she was doing stuff at the church, and Juva showed up with the door on his back. Because he didn't leave the door. With no baby. Um, and then, like, they were, there was a day where someone was trying to, like, change a memory Juva had. So someone stood on the roof and threw out figs and raisins. <laughs> and he kept saying, it's raining figs and raisins. And they were really weird fairy tales. And I didn't understand what they were about. I have done extensive Google research on these. And I think they just happened in my nani's head. Well, because I don't understand what the moral of these stories are. 
That's a really good question. Because then they all, they're all supposed to have morals. Well, they're supposed to have... But this is also my same grandmother who used to tell me that I should walk covering my front. So you, you take your two hands, you make a cupping motion, and you put it over your crotch so no one can look at your crotch because that's modest. Okay. Cover your front. Would have loved to have met her. She was a treat. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> she was a complete treat. Okay, so... There we go. Yeah. Um, you have your own real relationship with uh, fairy tales. It's kind yeah. of interesting. But, okay, my point here being that little kids are digesting antiquated information and basing their opinions of relationships on them. Hmm. So these stories date back to an era and a geography where every little girl wanted to marry an actual prince. Did you want to marry a prince when you were a little girl? <laughs> no, I wanted to marry prince when I was a little girl. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. That makes more sense, That right? I can see. I can um, totally get into that. Now, how, how about you? Did you want to marry a prince? You know, I think that I would not have said no, unlike mm-hmm. in these Hallmark movies. This was our big thing over Christmas. Fletch and I watched like every shitty Hallmark movie. Shitty. Like I wouldn't take a check from them in, in 10 seconds. Right. Hallmark, call me. Um, <laughs> but there was one where this woman was dating this guy and she found out, she like she found out on the download that he was a prince and she was furious. Her family was furious. Uh-huh. I tweeted about this. Like I said, I guarantee that no one in her life would react this way. Mm-hmm. No one. But I mean, it seemed like the point of these stories were that, oh, well, you need a man to save you. And exactly. Come on. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no. So, how does this how does this dovetail into your point that writers are ruining the world? Patience, my dear. I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, I'll just <laughs> I'll just sit here with my with my delicious uh, Starbucks. Um, what the hell am I? My iced tea. Yes, your iced See, tea. See, we would like some sponsors, so we're just gonna name drop shit. Yeah, we're gonna name drop it and hope you pay us. All right. Is that the way this works? Um. Anyway, I don't know. So. These little girls in modern society, they grow up and they have unrealistic expectations about being swept off their feet by men who don't really exist. And that's where the chiclet comes in. I thought you liked chiclet. I love chiclet. Some of our best friends are chiclet authors, but chiclet is a writer's whack-off. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yes. Chiclet is usually just a writer working out her own relationship issues. Okay. So think about it. Helen Fielding the creator of Bridget Jones and Bridget Jones' Diary author. Which is the finest book ever written. Which is the, one of the most famous chiclet franchises, okay? Um, did you know that it started off as a column about her own single life in London? Oh, so she was Carrie Bradshaw before there was Carrie Bradshaw. Absolutely. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know this was based on her real life. Yeah. You know, I connected so much with Bridget Jones, not because of the, oh, all these men are fighting over me, which is really not anything I have ever experienced. And I don't, I don't even think I would like it if they had. I mean, I think I would just you would not like, like it for that. a minute. I, I don't know, but the thing that the thing that, cata- that that catapulted this book into my favorite book ever was the part of the book where she was talking about, "Well, I'm going to work from home, but I'm just going to shut my eyes for a minute, so then I'll be extra well rested, and then I can really kick ass for the rest of the day." And then she fell asleep for seven hours. I'm like, "That's my life. I get it. That's what I connected with. That's what you connected with." Yeah. Well, apparently she was too embarrassed to attribute the stories about the dating world to herself, so she created a character in Hello, Bridget Jones. So that's where that's where Candace Bushnell. Oh, maybe. And I mean, then yeah, then there's Candace Bushnell. Yeah, with Sex and the City, the Carrie. So let's examine the general formula of chiclet. Okay. So the protagonist is always a single woman in her twenties or thirties, right? Right. Okay. So let's call her Susie. Okay. And if you notice, she's usually in media somehow, maybe publishing or advertising or whatever. 
Well, a lot of times they're publicists and they have giant glass offices and huge salaries. Yeah, no, that's not how it works. My last publicist um, had a degree from Harvard, had to work seven days a week. She had no assistant or intern. So all she did was stuff envelopes and address them herself. That's a that's a way to use the Harvard See, paper. This is the so whack off piece. Okay, 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 go so on. So what they really want is that big glass office and large salaries. Yeah. So you see where I'm going with this? Okay, so... I think she made like 28 grand a year and lived in New York. Like... Where'd she live on the street? I, probably. Like, because yeah. they don't... They, That's publishing enough money does not pay. to live in a soup kitchen. Yeah. The publishing so, does not pay. Mm-mm. But this, see, but in these chiclet books, these women do pretty well. Yeah. See, the whack off. Yeah, golf yeah. is real. So, of course, Susie has a problem with her love life, okay? Sure. So, maybe she's devastated over a relationship that ended with, like, some impossible man that wouldn't commit to her. Okay. Or maybe she's unhappy with her body somehow and she doesn't think she'll ever find a man. Yeah. Am I off base yet? No, you're right. You. This is the formula for every single book I loved from 1998 until they really stopped putting them out five, six years ago. Exactly. I mean, it just sort of went out of style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did because people, okay, well, anyway, so Susie usually has like a best friend or a sister and this person's Sometimes either married. Sometimes she's a savvy ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this person's either married or in a relationship and gives the protagonist coaching on why she's single. Yeah. And then there's the ancillary male character who's looming around somewhere. Yeah. And maybe he's another best friend or a coworker or a neighborhood. And by the dialogue, the reader knows that this dude is crazy about Susie, but he's too nice or something. And she's focused on the man who's clearly wrong for her. Oh, yeah, because these guys always have faults. Oh, he's too neat. He mm. has too good of a relationship with his mom. He's, right. I mean, these are not... These aren't deal breakers. He's not exactly. He's not stealing her credit. Right. He's not putting the light bill in her name without her knowing about it. He didn't give these her syphilis. <laughs> See, these are the things. This is where your mind goes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but, okay, so, but by the end of the novel, Susie's been won over by the male character that she spent 200 pages ignoring, and guess what? He has more money than she thinks. Maybe he comes from a surprisingly rich family. Oh. Oh, yeah, like like Luke Brandon of Brandon Communications. You, or maybe he's an actual prince. Exactly, like mm-hmm. that, that that like that um, Hallmark, yeah. the Hallmark movie you watched, mm-hmm. right? It's called The Prince for Christmas. See, this is what I'm Look saying. Look it up. This is a whack off. So, you know, I know that you're probably making fun of me, but um, to- no, I I <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I'm telling you, I, I don't think you're wrong. That's good, because to conclude my point, chiclet books are the exact same as fairy tales, but for adult women. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is that so many of these women base their relationship expectations on first fairy tales, which were unrealistic with right. kids, and then the same expectations are solidified when they read chiclet. So think of it this way. Men have porn, yeah, and women have chiclet. <laughs> Men don't end up with porn stars any more than women end up with Prince Charming. I mean, it's pretty probably, I mean. I don't know. I think with amateur stuff, maybe. I think that they are more likely to end up with the girl who's made a, who's made a. personal a, porn. Well, I mean, at this point, isn't everybody. Well, I so, guess everyone's doing I mean, aren't there all right sorts now? of, pl- I don't look for this stuff. And I'm, don't, don't make me look for it. But <laughs> aren't there all sorts of places you can post your porn now? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of places. Someone told me the other day about a site. I think it was Pornhub. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Where you know can just like post stuff. Because there was, you know why? One of my friends IM'd me because he was watching the Black China 
porn. I guess there's a sex tape or something. A new one, or is this just the same? I one? look. I don't know from new same. I I would not know anything. Is about, it with the same guy or different guy? Well, same guy as what? That I don't know. I don't know who she's having sex with on camera. That's all. Okay. I, I just saw this one video. The reason why he called it to my attention was he had written uh, a Facebook status update about it, and. His point was that she looked like she was very boring in bed. Okay. And so uh, I decided I'd have to check this out because I was like, well, how boring is she? Oh. She's so boring. No. So I, I said, well, where is it? He said, it's on Pornhub. Like, don't you know Pornhub? I'm like, no, I don't sit around and watch porn all day. And so he's like, well, ask Lee. Lee probably knows about it. And Lee's like, I don't know about Pornhub. So either he was, you know, acting really well or he really didn't know what Pornhub was. Okay. Let's, let's break this down. We were talking before we got on on Mike about oh. people who were influencers, and you guys just did this big event, um, this big corporate event. We did, yeah. For for serial influencers, and I'm like, so there are people out there who influence your serial choice, uh-huh. and there's influencers for everyone, and they are all making videos. So it stands to reason that that there's. There's going to be ass influencers. Oh, there's lots I mean, of ass influencers. It just like these all these girls who are who are Instagram models. That's not what you're modeling. See, once we're going back to our Kardashian mm. episode because I believe that Kim Kardashian was one of the bigger ass influencers yeah. um, when she uh, came into popularity. Yeah. So I think that ass really took off. She got implants in her butt, didn't she? I think so. I mean, because it doesn't even look real. They said that she did like um, some MRI or something on a show, but didn't she do an MRI or a CT scan I on like Doctor Oz? That. Or did I? Am I just like five, six years ago? Or am I just entirely making that? I up? know that Tyra Banks did something like that with her boobs. I don't know that okay. Kim Kardashian did that though. Tyra just came out saying that she had a nose job. Like, I don't care. Well, I think she's just trying to find a way to be relevant. Oh, well, like, great. God yeah. bless. It Knock looks terrific. Out. Why would you not? These days, a nose job is like nothing yeah. compared to what people are doing. Yeah. A nose job is vanilla um, right now. Like, right why now? wouldn't you fix it? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like, you get a well, dent you in your car. Why would in? you not Why exactly. would you not hammer that shit out? It's like, yeah, just go straighten that out. I could tell somebody, yeah, I got a nose job yesterday. I mean, it, it just... Yeah, and it's easy. That's not a big deal. And knee replacement's easy now, too, because that's really more my speed. <laughs> <laughs> some people get ass implants. Some people are looking to find out how yeah. to get knee, knee replacement. Get that new hip. Yeah. Take a video of that. Let me get it for free. so sexy. <laughs> that's like the pornography of geriatrics. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, baby, look how fast you bend. <laughs> I mean, such and I, you can hear both of us going up stairs, not because we're stomping, but because our knees are like castanets. Oh, That's sad. God. Like, my face says about 35 right now, but my hips and knees are like 70. Well, you know what, though? I think that people are getting these kinds of surgeries a little earlier mm. because, well, a lot of them are sports-related. I have a friend who, how old is she? She's got to be like 38 years old, and she like was about to get a knee replacement. Because she had blown her knee so many times. Yeah. That she's like, oh, I'm just getting it replaced. I'm like, but you realize that you have to keep getting that thing replaced. Like, they only last, what, 10, 15 years? I have no idea. I think there's an expiration date on your knee. So if you, what is it, 15 years? Because mm-hmm. Lee's brother-in-law got a knee replacement. Both of them. Didn't he get both of his knees replaced? And I think it's 15 years. Huh. I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, hit me in the comments. Let me know. Yeah, but that's 15 years of my knee not hurting every day. Well, I mean, that's fine, but you have another surgery looming 
Yeah. But you they know. do it they do it easy now. Like I guess knee replacements are easy now. They're not nearly as traumatic. Just Where pop are you those me suckers this? in. Yeah, because okay. they have a um you can get away with smaller incisions and then you get into therapy really quickly. See, this is why chiclet has gone away because they're not talking about real life shit now. Like d- Tell me how to make my hip not hurt. That's what I'm interested in. Right. Like, she can have cool cars. She can have a great job. She can have the glass office. But I would just like to be able to get up after two hours in the car and not stagger. Okay. Well, maybe that's a new genre of literature. What do we call it? I don't know. We'll have to think about I'm not that. a chick anymore. I'm, what, I'm not, not a chick. I'm still a chick. I'm a six brown chick. Oh, yeah. I guess We're doing you, a thing, by the way. Oh, neat. Yeah. Can you tell us about it? Is, yeah. it, is it public? Yeah, it's totally public. It's what are you for doing? Black Women's Expo. We're doing, um, I, every year I moderate a panel of six men oh, I knew on that. relationships. Yeah. And so that's coming up. Is Lee uh, going to be doing it? No, Lee is a spectator. Because mm. you know what? Lee was on the docket a couple times, but then he blew us off. So we, oh, I did it once. And then the other time. No, you did it once, but then you blew us off the second time. Yes, I understand that. We still blow us <laughs> off. So we don't put Lee on the roster anymore because the schedule's too shaky. So there. Um, plus, I don't enjoy moderating the panel when Lee's on there. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to hear from you. Well, yeah, I can, I can understand yeah. that. Anyway, why don't, we, why don't we take a quick back? I don't know what that means. I <laughs> let's, let's go take a quick back. See, I'm just thinking of all my body parts that are working right now. You're not getting your back right replaced. That's not no. going to happen. Could you do that? No, you shouldn't. Fletch just went to the, the physical therapist yesterday, and they said that his spine is, like, all fused together, and that he has absolutely no pelvis action, which, of course, cracked me up. Oh, I <laughs> and then he was just trying to show anything. me out of his Olympic squats. He's like, well, I can squat, like, and it was, it devolved into something very funny, and he didn't realize it was funny, but I was cracking up about his 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 bad pelvis and his straight back. And anyway, so he Everyone went to Everyone pray for Jen and Fletch's bad pelvis. Yeah. I'm just saying. But he says he's getting it worked on. I just. Okay, and with that, we'll be back. We need a break. Welcome back to Stories We Tell in Bars with me, Jen Lancaster, and my podcast partner, Gina B., where we are done talking about Fletcher's pelvis. <laughs> yes, we're back, <laughs> and now we're talking about writers whacking off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> is that really what we were talking about? Because we sort of went off topic. Well, kind of. Okay, so I've been talking a blue streak, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. When you were dating, do you think you had realistic expectations? I think that I had realistic expectations because I had no expectations. Like, I, I was... I just wanted to go out to bars. I didn't want to go out to dinner. I didn't want you to, oh, whisk me off to the movies and show me a good time. Like, I dated one guy, like, my freshman year who did all of that. And I'm just like, well, all of this is awkward and I don't like it. This isn't fun for me. Can't we go to a frat party? This is weird. I did you were a cool girl. I was a cool girl. I was not, especially in college, I was not the boyfriend girl. Yeah, I wasn't you know? really the boyfriend girl in college either. Boyfriend girls weren't any fun. No. You know? No, they weren't. I, you know what? I always hung out with like a group of guys who were my friends. Yeah, yeah. And they spoiled me and taught me when guys were on bullshit. And so therefore, from a very young age, yeah. I knew how to suss it out. Yeah. So I was the queen of the one and done dates. Yeah. Because I could sit across from a guy and be like, yeah, mm-mm. I, I don't. 
think so, sir. Here's what I, I didn't understand about college is that I got through, oh, my first five, six years of college. Shut up. It was 11 years. My first five, <laughs> six years of college, never once actually paying money for liquor. Like, that wasn't my job. Men provide me with liquor. See? So I don't know if that's an unrealistic expectation or that's just good business for them. I, uh, but you know what? girls don't See, pay for drinks. Yes. Girls now do pay for drinks. Well, that is some bullshit, and I'm sorry. It Guys, okay, you haven't dated in a long time. No, it's been since the 90s. It's Clinton was president. a long time. I can tell you that... That'd be the only Clinton that was president. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> Well, he couldn't, will be president. So fast forward, it's difficult. Like guys complain about spending money on women. They really do. Like, um, for example, when I met Lee, he did not buy me a drink. He suggested a drink for me to buy. And then I paid for it myself. And because I was like, he was an, a liquor influencer. did we get here? Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I mean, here's the deal. I really didn't expect him to buy me a drink, but I also didn't think he was interested in me either. Okay, you are... <laughs> producing this show not talking um so well, okay so what do you do now because because of feminism and women want to be equals and men aren't allowed to do things and then they feel like they don't have to how does it work how do you even date now i think that women would like to be equal in the workplace in terms of um compensation well, sure and and being regarded as just as valuable as a man when it comes right. to you know ability to right. you know whatever i don't think that many women want to be equal when it comes to dating do you expect lee to open a door for you yes <laughs> yeah we, I do. we don't have that at my house no it's- i expect lee if lee approaches the door i expect him to open the door for me I would rot in that car before Fletch thought to come around and get me. I would rot in it. Oh, you I mean, would be, I would, do you think, should Lee take me out of the car? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I would die in the car. Lee would be like, what is wrong with you? Get out I, of the car. I can't even get, I like, even like, um, for book tour doors. stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> for book tour stuff, I mean, they would always send me off in a limo, which didn't, you know what? Didn't suck. Didn't suck at all. all. I like that quite a bit. But I don't want to sit there and wait for the driver to come around. Like, I'm busy. Let me just get out. I got places to go. I got a plane to catch. Don't I I don't need to sit here and wait for you to get through traffic and open my door. And finally, like one guy, I had spent like I had just back to back to back media things all day. And finally he yelled at me. He's like, This is my job. You need to let me do my job. Okay. I'm sorry. No, he, he was very sweet. We had we had just a delightful time together. We were together for like 20 straight hours. This 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 like day of media hell in Atlanta. But we gotta let him do something. I mean, listen, if a guy is inclined, if that is how he's raised and that is what he does, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I like when we put some shifting in that the car. Bad noises. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm shifting on a leather couch, which I'm sticking to. <laughs> for the record, she said shifting. Anyway, I said shifting. <laughs> um. No, I like when Lee puts me in the car, especially if it's, like, late. Like when he puts me in the car. Like that sounds like door, he fireman carries you. And we know that Lee can't f- carry you because when you had your <sighs> surgery and you had to get up the stairs, Lee is like, do I need to bring over some guys right. to carry to you up carry the stairs? Me up. Like, I'm like, how many like, guys do you think it takes? Like, you're an antique armoire. Right. You know? Like, do I need to invite some friends over? Yeah. And then, when I had the surgery before, and I didn't know Lee, my father brought me home. He was all ready to try and carry me up the front stairs. And I was like, oh, my God. I need to develop some strength before this 80-something-year-old man oh. g- 
he, he was he was tr- he goes i think i'm gonna have to carry you up the stairs like oh i think i well, will your be dad is a gentleman. he is a gentleman <laughs> but my, anyway yeah that was a bad plan so i do like gestures of chivalry and I think they're a nice added touch. It's nice, but I, I, back to your main point, is we really were conditioned to believe that men are what save us. I mean, look mm-hmm. at Cinderella. Like, oh, she couldn't just leave. No. She couldn't just, no, I'm just going to stay here and clean everyone's unmentionables, and then I'm going to use my hair to, to wipe out the fireplace. Bitch, just leave. Exactly. Just go somewhere else. You don't have to live with these people. Well, she didn't have I mean, income. It's she couldn't have been a prostitute. <laughs> That's ownership. Cinderella that is ownership could have been a hoe, and someone would make a video of it, and someone then it would be on been. Pornhub. See, see, I just brought it full uh, circle. See what she did there. But I just like, there was um there was a bit that I was going to do because we we're also in a stand up class, and um the the first stand up class we were in, we were we were in it with a bunch of what are they called the the fourth wave feminists. Oh God, yeah. Um, microaggressions and, and I. All that. Every single thing was about microaggressions. And I, I don't not believe that's true. I just I just don't get so mad about shit. Right. I, I, and so one of the bits I was going to do, but I thought I would, I would be driven out of our classroom, like on a rail, is talk about how um, after, after I got my, like my big book deal and Fletch quit his job and he was running the business, and it turned out that I was... I was covering all of our bills. I was making really all of our decisions. And the more and more power I got, the less and less power Fletch had. And that just became a real imbalance. So as I wrote every check and I managed everything and I ran the whole goddamn world myself, my bit was going to be like, sisters, we've won. And you know what? It sucked for us. We need a balance of power. I mean, Fletch wasn't happy with me like bulldozing over no. everything. You you need you need the I think you need the yin and the yang. And I don't think fairy tales have ever discussed that. Are there any fairy tales that are empowering to women? No. No, there are not any that I can find. I think that, you know, gender roles you start it's no white you start kissing someone in their sleep that's assault sister that's me too yeah that's snow white me too <laughs> that's what i'm talking about she needs to rise up what do you think yeah. those little seven perverts were doing while she was asleep not good things. Well, I can, anyway yeah. so <laughs> no but i think they ju- would watch her sleep they would watch her sleep they were little disgusting perverts yeah little dwarves what are what are some of the other okay th- that's sleeping Be- sleeping beauty that's um there's rapunzel that was child abuse. That was so child abuse, locking her up in the tower in her hair and someone's climbing. That was ridiculous. Um, like, what are the other... None of them are good. No. None of them are good. Either children are being tortured, like put yeah. in an oven or something, or... Um, well, then you throw in Disney and they just kill everyone's moms. Yeah, everyone's mom's got to go. <laughs> or their dad sometimes, like in The Lion King. That wasn't a spoiler alert. The movie came out 25 years ago. Yeah, exactly. People know. We all know. I didn't even see Lion King. Um, oh, it was nice. Yeah, I heard. Okay. Yeah. It I'm was not nice. a Disney girl. I'm not a Disney girl because I don't like these fairy tales. So, yeah, none of them, you know, end up, you know, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, well, wasn't he, didn't he kind of hold her captive too? And then she eventually had Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, I think so. These are all really weird. So maybe this is why Chick Lit is just not such a thing anymore. That, I don't know. I mean, I just. I think some of the damage has been done, though. Yeah. Especially for a certain generation. Yeah. 
Um, but then, okay, then why was Fifty Shades of Grey so big? Because because Mr. Grey is is who kept saving her from all of these things. Yeah, I think Fifty Shades of Grey was so big because of all the sex. But it wasn't done well. It was just mortifying. I didn't see it. Oh, oh, I didn't see it. I read it. I read the first book because I had to know, like, but I mean, what the hoopla was all about. Yeah, but yeah. when that book came out, it did so well from Random House that every single person who worked at Random House, for the the, the assistants, the janitors, every single person that year got a five thousand dollar bonus. Oh wow! And I'd be like, let's write more terrible sex scenes. Yeah, I mean, just. Just terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know what? People were in it. And people loved it, and they thought it was great. And the girl didn't even have a cell phone. Like, I'm sorry, what 21-year-old does not have a cell phone? What 21-year-old does not have a computer? It's not what? completely attached to her cell phone. I, like, see, that's that's where you lost me, you know? Yeah. Like, Cinderella, okay, you lost your shoe, that I buy. A 21-year-old without a cell phone? No. That's it. yeah. No. That's a serious no. Yeah, I don't know. I think... You have to establish what relationship gender roles you're comfortable with, right? Yeah. Here's my theory on this, and this is a theory that I've always held, is that in relationships, every man wants a woman that makes him feel like his idea of what a man is, whatever that okay. is. Okay, so whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and every woman wants a man who makes her feel like a woman, whatever her definition of that is. And I just want somebody who's funny. We'll I see. mean, and that's what this I've got, what, so it's... Exactly. This is what you want. You want it to feel a certain way. I and guess then, I want a man who's Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> there we go. I want someone who's going to crack me up all day. But, I mean, we all have to satisfy those roles. And if those roles, if, if you are not feeling as masculine or as feminine yeah. as you want to feel, then that person's not satisfying that element of your, of your relationship. Yeah. yeah. So if by paying all the bills, writing all the checks, managing everything sort of made you feel weird and maybe yeah. Fletch was emasculated, then that wasn't working for your relationship. Right, right. You know, so you had to make a, you had to make a shift. Well, um, and what we wanted to do is like, okay, let's clear the deck so I can just concentrate on writing and Fletch can start, you know, whatever business he's going to start. And mm-hmm. it just, it didn't work. It doesn't, he works very well in a team. See, I'm a lone wolf. Yeah. I like lone wolfing it. I like doing shit on my own. And that's all there is to it. But Fletch needs to be part of a group. He can't just be told what to do. Right. That, that doesn't work for him. That doesn't work for him at all. I mean, I think this, like what you're saying, dovetails into just why I find The Bachelor so fascinating. You don't watch it. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. What happened? Well, I mean, there, there's um, the last season ended and it was, it was just <clears throat> a terrible, terrible season because this guy was tongue deep in everybody. Oh, like really? all, it, it was a buffet of ladies and he was sampling all of them. He put a little lady on every bit of his, a little bit. From, that's a bad analogy, but I'm just saying he had his tongue on everybody. It's just very strange to me seeing women go along with this to, to fight for this guy who is about as articulate as an avocado. Oh, I mean, he didn't know how to say anything. He couldn't describe anything. They were, there was this, this guy and the girl he eventually picked after he dumped the one that he had picked because she was too smart Wait, for what? him. what? He picked one woman and then he yes. dumped her? Yes. He picked... There were two girls. There were women. There were two ladies. One was this really awesome um, publicist 
from Minneapolis with this really lovely family who was funny and smart Mm -hmm. and challenged him. And she always had interesting things to say. She is the next Bachelorette, by the way. Um, And then there was this other girl who is as dumb as a bag of hair. (laughs) You know, was walking around Machu Picchu saying, wow, it's cool. Oh, God. you, You are in one of the most spiritual places on earth, and that that's what you can come up with. The only thing that was interesting about this girl was exactly how long her fake lashes were. That that was what astounded me. So it was these two bags of hair walking around, having the kind of conversations you would expect bags of hair to have. And he ends up getting engaged to the girl who is smart and funny and interesting. And, you know, the show's over and it's all great. And they spend six weeks, like, going off on their couples weekends like they do in The Bachelor because people can't see them together. So the producers arrange for them to have alone time. Right. Um, so there was he was having his alone time with this girl. Something's beeping. Something's always beeping. Oh, okay. So he's having his alone <laughs> time with this girl. And all the cameras are there. So he dumps her. On cameras, it was, honest to God, like Wait. the most, he dumps her. He dumps her, like, while after the, yes. he was engaged to her? He was engaged to her. Oh, Jesus Christ. So she's just like, hey, what are we doing this weekend? Let's have, all, like, let's do our cool shit. And he's like, oh, I kind of need to talk to you about something. And, okay, well, let's stop. I kind of need to talk to you about something. And it was, it was truly the Truman Show. It was horrific. So ABC kept filming it, watching this girl have her heart broken over this dummy who wanted to end up with the other dummy. So now he's back with that dummy, and they had them both on the the, the final final of The Bachelor, and he then proposed to her. So these two dummies oh are going to have more God. baby dummies. Okay. It was just... It I'm was, trying to understand. Like, I don't even know... That after, sounds absolutely crazy. I don't even know if I can watch The Bachelor again, because it would be like, I would rather, rather see the new Bachelorette's pap smear than watch <laughs> this again. And you know that is not shit I want to see on no. Pornhub or elsewhere. All right, let me just... Pornhub, okay. not a sponsor. So, <laughs> so they had the final show yes. where The Bachelor picks between the two chicks, and so he dumps the bag of hair, Yes, and he says... I found love with this smart with this publicist smart who's publicist cute and adorable and has clever things to say and is funny. And so he proposes to her. It's a very heartfelt moment. It was yep. probably near some water. Whatever. It was near some water, but it was like this creek that was completely polluted with shit. So it was a brown so creek, knew. so you couldn't really see uh-huh. it. So and it was. So you knew that was yeah. that was a relationship built on some shit. The see, river of duty. See. Exactly. Yeah. So he proposes to her, and usually that's where the shit ends. Right. But, but it did not. But it didn't because Mm-mm. there was more. So they, they send them off. And so now you get to watch that. And then he says, you know what? I didn't think you were that great in bed. So I'm going to marry this other broad. Well, I always wonder that because you're the one that says the bachelors have sex with exactly two and a half two women. Two and a half women. And I'd love to know what's going on with that half. But yeah, yeah two and a half is what the, the statistics were. That's why I think the show Unreal. Do you watch Unreal? No. Oh, my God. The show Unreal is so good because I think it was inspired by or created by people that had worked on the bachelor so it is um sherry appleby who is a who is this like fucked up producer Mm -hmm. that works on a show like the bachelor and um she's just 
messed up and makes terrible decisions. And you see the amount of manipulation that goes into every contestant. And you see the producers like, oh, I'll give you an extra thousand. If somebody gets a handy in the hot tub, I'll give you this. Like, And they have plotted out like what's going to happen on this episode, who the wifey is, who the this. So it's just fascinating seeing how they manipulate people. And the fact that it's on on Monday nights, especially that it came on after The Bachelor on a different network, not by accident. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a new book out called Bachelor Nation, which is written by a producer that talks about the things that happened um, in The Bachelor. And I, I, I bought it. I just haven't read it yet. Oh, that would be interesting to read. Do you ever watch the show The Good Fight, which is actually the offshoot of The Good Wife? I watched The Good Wife up until like halfway through the last season and then after What's-His-Name um, got shot, I'm like, my heart is not in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so fun. I don't watch The Good Fight. The Good Fight is really good. Okay. It's really good and I don't know where one really... You have to watch it online well, or something. Of course, I have yeah. access. I, I bought the, the, the $12 a month pass to CBS.com so I can see everything. Oh, so you can see everything. So yeah. The Good Fight is there. Okay. And one of the most recent episodes was... A woman who was on one of those like big brother mm-hmm. kind of shows. It was, I think, based on. Wasn't there a situation recently where on one of those bachelory like shows, the chick was um, one of the women was suing because she said they kept filming while she was being violated. Right, except she wasn't. Except she wasn't. But they and that is why my show didn't sell to ABC because the day that my producer was talking to ABC was the day that the Bachelor in Paradise scandal broke. Oh, it was and all of a sudden, the people at ABC were unhappy about things and didn't oh. want to hear about new things. Great. Timing is everything. Oh, yes, it is. Timing is so everything. Yeah, it was, it was, it was consensual, but one of the producers said this doesn't seem consensual, and then everybody eventually came back on, and it turned out it was consensual. But the poor guy... It just, it destroyed his life Mm -hmm. because he's like, every, you Google now and every single thing comes up that I'm a rapist. Right, exactly. And when you see like what's happening, everybody was fine. Everybody was fine the next day. Everybody was hanging out and and chilling. And it was this one producer was like, oh, I was really uncomfortable with this. And it became a thing. Mm -hmm. And then everybody had to leave the filming. They didn't know if this was coming back or not. And this is, yeah. And this is like, a jewel in ABC's crown, hmm. you know, so that, so that this was scandalous. And I think, I mean, at this point, I think I might be done with all things Bachelor related. Uh, what? Like, e- I, I think I might be done. Like, people huh. who have been like such big Bachelor fans, like for years, Jennifer Weiner, you know, great chiclet writer. Um, oh, yeah, she's all about the Bachelor. But I mean, for she's, her shit is not unrealistic. Right. I mean, I think that she's really transcended the whole, mm-hmm. the whole moniker of chiclet and the stuff that we were talking about, which is why she's still relevant. Right. But, um, she um she would she would live tweet it mm-hmm. and uh, after like after stuff went down with Trump she's like I I can't celebrate this anymore I'm not I'm not watching the show anymore I'm not live tweeting it I'm done mm-hmm. so I think I think at this point I might be finished because it's just ugh it's just ugh <sighs> well so, anyway so what do you think that pe- that women want to read about now if it's not these weird, like, whack-off fantasies. Well, or, or what do women want to whack off to now? <laughs> Making a lot of money. Now, you know, I like the genre of um, kind of the, like, the girl on the train. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah, that's kind big of, now. like, The psychological girl. thriller. Psychological thrillers, I think, are, are really um, big now. 
I think I'm, I want to watch, um, it's a series now, Sweet Bitter. That's a series? I think that there is a series that has been, that that book is, that was based on that book. I wanted to hate that book because every book that comes out that gets more publicity than any book that I've gotten <laughs> makes them automatically at the head of my enemies list. And then I read it. I'm like, well, God damn it. This is literary. She's a great writer. This, I, I know. I know. It was literary. I'm like, yeah. well, this is great. I read that one. Um, and I'm behind on, on writing. I mean, on reading and writing, actually. Um, so that says a lot. But yeah, I think. That's coming out. I hmm. saw the trailer for that recently. What is it going to be a movie? Is it going to be a series? What's I it on? I think it's going to be a series, and I'll tell you in three seconds, because I'm going to look it up right now as we talk. But did you hear Anita Shreve died today? Mm-hmm. Sad. She yeah, I saw that. She's 71. Then, like, the older I get, the younger 71 sounds. I know, right? You know, because I used to think 71, well, that's ancient. You know, well, while you do that, I'm going to, uh, since we're talking about books real quick, I'm reading a great book right now. Mm-hmm. called The Escape Artist, and I heard about it because this guy was interviewed on Jenny Hutt's show, uh-huh. and it is, um, it, I don't know, it's it's a little bit girl with the dragon tattoo with, like, this interesting, like, go-to-hell female protagonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, super empowered, but it starts off with a plane crash, and, um, and this woman knows her plane is going to crash, so to get a message... To somebody else, she takes a note and swallows it because apparently that's what you have to do if you were if you're gonna die in a fire. You swallow the note because your stomach and your intestines are the last place things will burn. Oh. And they found this out because the um, the, the guys at Dover. Anybody who dies in the line of duty, especially in something like a 9-11 mm-hmm. or a terror attack, their bodies, the soldiers' bodies get sent to, um, to the, I think it's the Dover Air Force Base, and the morticians there are the ones who work on it. So this, this, this crashed body was sent to Dover because it was a, a plane full of, like, dignitaries. Um, and the guy, the, the mortician in the story, finds it, and this starts this whole trail of, like, what's going on? How are we going to fix this? But it... In 9-11, um, one of the people that were in the plane that crashed into the Pentagon, they found a note in that person's stomach. Oh, wow. And, you know, we don't know what it said because it wasn't, it wasn't for us. But that's one of the things that you do. So there's, um, there's a lot in this book. Again, the escape artist, Brad Metzler, um, has to do with um, magicians and Houdini. And I guess uh, a guy that was, um, was the head of the Secret Service was like a disciple of Houdini. So at one point we had a magician mm-hmm. in the secret service and it's just, it's such an interesting involved book. And I think it's, it's very respectful to, to people in the military and it's just, it's a good read and with a really, really strong female protagonist who you also don't root for because she's so contrary so i think right. she's just complex and interesting and uh every night i look forward to going to bed so i can see what else is happening oh that's cool yeah I'll have to take a look at that yeah um i met a woman on a plane the other day when i was coming back from um miami i guess yeah miami and we started talking because we were both watching Homeland mm-hmm. downloaded onto our iPads. And we've both agreed that we hate Carrie Matheson's sister. Yes, we so much. don't like her at all. But something's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we hates her too, just because he's the peanut gallery today. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, we were both watching Homeland, and so she was joking. She's like, I'm not copying off of you guys, but she was exactly about five minutes yeah. behind us in the show. So we started talking, and then later on, um, I saw her watching another show, and I, I said, yeah, that's a great show, too. And so we just started talking. And, and so um, she told me that her husband is an author, 
and that he wrote this book called The Silenced. Um, his name is James DeVita. And it's it's really kind of a YA novel. Oh, neat. And it's about, the protagonist is, um, you know, living, it's like this dystopian society. It's based on this girl, Sophie Scholl. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, they were writing these resistance pamphlets, like neat. back in Germany, yeah. you know, and um, they were found with these pamphlets, and mm-hmm. these girls were beheaded, basically. So this that story, this story was sort of taken from the whole Sophie Scholl story. Okay. And um, I haven't read it yet, but I ordered it and I just received it. So I can't wait to Neat. dig into it. It's called The Silenced. So um, if anyone wants to grab that and James talk DeVito, about it. not a sponsor. James DeVito, not a sponsor. <laughs> Although his wife, Brenda, is very nice. So um, anyway, so that's what I'm going to be tearing into pretty okay. soon. So I guess not the, Chiclet. Yep. So, so do you think people should stop writing Chiclet? Because it, no, it has they gone out of style. They have started, stopped writing Chiclet. Uh, no, I, mean, I don't know if people have stopped writing it. They just stopped publishing it. Okay. Well, they probably are self-publishing. Something's going on. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's I think it's fun to read. I mean, I certainly had a lot of fun reading Chiclet over the course of some years, but I just think that we need to be sensitive about what we take away from the Chiclet. Yeah. We can't walk away thinking this is going to be our relationship. Right. Because that would just be, you know, dumb. I, 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 I am going to agree with that. What do you want to read right now? Like, what do you want to see in a book right now? <sighs> because I, I like powerful yeah. women who can still manage not to alienate men. Yeah. And I think that some women think you have to choose. And I don't believe it needs to be a choice. There doesn't need to be a choice between being powerful in your, your life and still having a partner. Um, and so I think that there, there was some content that took you to the other side yeah. of that where not only am I not, do I not look for a man, but I don't need one. I've got all this going for me and I'm good and I'm self-sufficient. I think that, you know, we need to kind of get back to the center. Yeah. And, um, that's what I personally now, for me, reading. For me, I, there's nothing I would like to read less than about somebody's relationship. If it's a healthy relationship, it is by its very nature boring. Mm-hmm. And if you're in an unhealthy relationship, I, I just feel bad for you and get mad. Like, come on, don't do this, don't do that. What is so much more interesting to me are women's relationships. So that's like all the fiction that I have written really is about how women relate to other women because mm-hmm. th- that is complicated, that is nuanced, that is interesting. Um, so maybe just like the chiclet, oh, she found the guy. It's just a little bit like now. This isn't exciting. Yeah, if you if I don't I think if you don't come at it as, well, as an equal, see, it depends because from your perspective. You figured that whole piece out, the right. relationship piece. Right. So therefore, it's not you're not seeking any sort of solace or any right. sort of guidance through yeah. the content. Yeah. And I think a lot of people read things where they're looking for that guidance. Mm. Um, and so that's not anything that you need because you've right. been married for a long time. You're right. in a healthy relationship. You don't care about it, right? Well, and you know my, my whole theory about... Uh, is something going to happen? I things don't know. I think explode. it's going to blow I think up something any is second. timing. But you know my whole thing with Cougar Town, that if, if anything, God forbid, happens to Fletch, I, I tell people, I'm going straight to Cougar Town. And by that, I mean I'm going to go to a town where they adopt <laughs> out free-range cougars. I'm going to bring them all home. Will <gasps> they maul me to death? Perhaps. Does that seem better than online dating, especially meeting somebody who has kids? Oh, definitely. Oh, my God. That's so much better than online so. dating. Um, but yeah, so anyway, if you've, you know, I think, you know, I like to read about 
like women who are sort of kicking ass in their professions yeah. and all that stuff because that's kind of what I like. It it really depends on where you are do in your you life. Do you do more biography memoir? Like um, strong woman biography memoir? It seems like that you would like times. that. I do like those. I haven't read one in a long time. I think the last memoir I read was yours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't really read any memoirs lately, largely because I have been way too busy to be the reader that I would like to be. Yeah. Um, I've got too much going on. I mean, at at this point, I think our lives just in this country, our lives are too chaotic Mm -hmm. that when I read, I want to read something that is an escape at this point. And, and Chicklet used to be an escape, but I... That's not where I want to escape anymore. I just, I want to get away from people being mean to each other and arguing with each other and and hating each other over. I'm tired of everyone hating each other in books where people don't hate each other. I like that. Yeah. So. No, I I do. I like environments where people aren't hateful and, and, you know, I like progress and positivity yeah i like i'm i'm kind of more obsessed with that like how do people win yeah it's more my thing well, I, oh by the way sweet bitter um is going to premiere on stars on oh, may nice. 6th nice so it is it's it's a series oh, she got a check for that she got a check she and it's got a check for that i don't know how many who's in it i will anybody tell that you we know in two seconds not that we know we don't know anybody anybody that we've heard of uh i don't think so oh, okay well, ella that's... purnell do you know who that is no tom sturridge no caitlin fitzgerald nope Paul Sparks? Nope. Okay, so no. But I just took a quiz on BuzzFeed a couple days ago, and it was one of those, identify how many of these young stars you know, and we'll tell you how old you are. Yeah, I didn't know who one single single person was. No, it said, like, well, you're over 25. Yeah, no shit. Oh, this Ella Purnell person. Okay, this is how I think. She sounded familiar. I I own this movie and haven't watched it. Churchill. I guess she's in Churchill. Oh, okay. Um, She was in Maleficent. Okay, also have not seen it. And... I've seen that, but what I'm guessing is she's 21 now. That was like four years ago. So okay. she was, you know, okay. a younger okay. person. Um, but yeah, she's British. There are so many British actors and actresses that are taking over American <laughs> television. Have you noticed that? Yeah, this and is, they're just getting us back for 1776. <laughs> We're going to take but over. But they do American them. accents very well. I mean, yeah. I like them. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's just interesting. Like um, my um, favorite, one of my favorite shows, Billions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't started the new season yet. Oh, start it. Well, I'm, I'm going to. I was going to start awesome. it last night, and I didn't. Yes, yes, yes. You'll like it. I'm also... I'm, I'm He's going, British. Yeah, yeah. I love him. If, I love if him someone too. doesn't have that man play Batman, we are leaving oh, money on the table. He would be a good He would Batman. be a phenomenal Batman. What, really what's his, what the hell's his name? Damien? Damien. Uh, I will tell you. Carrie's baby daddy. Carrie's baby daddy. Did they pick a child look just like him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they yeah. did good casting for that child. Um, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis. Yes. He should be Batman. You he heard it from me first. Please write me a commission check. There we go. <laughs> Just write Jen a check in general. I would really like that. I would too. I would really like Anyone that. Anyone wants to sponsor us, let us know. We could both use checks. Yeah. We'd love it. So anyway, well, should we... Uh, I, I think that we have come to the conclusion of this very fun topic, that we are ruining... The writers are ruining lives. Um... <laughs> They're either ruining or enhancing lives, but it's all about what you do with the content is my point. I think that writers are putting out there what's in their minds and their hearts, and Mm -hmm. it's up to the audience to determine what we want to take away and how we want to base our lives on what we read. I, I think that's a great point. Okay, now, do us a favor. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes, as that's going to help other listeners find us. 
If you want to know more about me, check out jenlancaster.com. You can keep up with Gina B at IamGinaB.com. Yes. Email us at storieswetellinbars at gmail.com. And you can participate in our new fitness challenge coming up. Yeah. The new one coming up starting like April Monday. 1st, right? Yeah. Monday. Starting Monday. Um, which I'm not sure it was this podcast going to be. Re- the podcast will already have been released. But it is <laughs> it time. On when Mr. Farmer gets to Whenever it. he decides to edit it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it won't be too late to join even when the no. podcast is released. No. So just if you want to join the group, we had our winner yes. from the last time. That we will be having lunch, lunch with, with, drinks with She's something. She's local. Yeah, yeah which so is So we cool. thought, might as well just have dinner or lunch yeah. with and, her. And, lunch. and stay tuned. We're going to uh, be talking about doing a meetup soon. And uh-huh. we also have a website that's going to be launched as soon as Fletch puts it online. <laughs> okay. Because it's all built and it's all ready to go. It's oh, it's, awesome. it's convenient. It's pretty. You can find the links to all the episodes there. You can listen to the episodes there. You can correspond with us there. And it would be really great if it were online. And available. We'll Mr. let you Fletcher. know. Right. And his pelvis. <laughs> his non-working pelvis. Well, it's just it just doesn't have good rotation. But the, the chiropractor said that he found ways to overcompensate for it. Again, pray for Jen. But it's not working pelvis. Anyway. Okay. Right. Well, you don't have to go home. But you got to get the hell out of here. See? Roll reversal. Oh, see, that Woo! was fun. Yay. See? All right. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>